The Beers and Ears podcast is sponsored by Riss and Cal. This holiday season in your search for stocking stuffers, you don't have to be like the Mad Titan, scouring the universe to collect all six stones. Instead, find all the tech accessories you need for your friends and family in one place. Whether it's wireless neck fans for those warm days at the studios, or a waterproof case for when you're searching for that wandering rabbit, they've got an entire assortment. When you go to fourfrills.com shop, that's the number four, P-H-R-I-L-L-S dot com slash shop. Select your items and then use coupon code BEERS, B-E-E-R-S at checkout. You'll get 15% off your purchase. Don't forget that proceeds of the purchase go to help nonprofits and a portion of the proceeds help to support the Beers and Ears podcast as well. So head on over to fourfrills.com and use that promo code today to get a jump start on your holiday shopping. Let's start the show. I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger Initiative. There was an idea to bring together 23 episodes of a podcast about the Marvel Cinematic Universe so that when we needed it, we were ready for the premiere of Black Widow. This is That Podcast. And now for your hosts of the Beers and Ears Podcast, here's Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to day 12 of the Infinity Saga series. We are 50% of the way through. My name is Matt. And my name is Casey. Welcome, everybody. This is exciting, Matt. Yeah. Uh, Guards of the Galaxy Volume 2 today. We did the first one yesterday, and Volume 2 is today. Follow it back to back. Yeah, I'm, and I'm, gonna, I'm actually really excited to talk about this one. You know, I was watching it last night, and... Uh, you know, I, I sent you a text that, man, I forgot how good Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is. And, and, and it truly is, and you said this in your text last night, a sequel that lives up to its, to its predecessor. And I'm going to argue that I think Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is better than Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I really do think so. I really do think so. All right. Well, let's start with our our major thoughts here. I mean, I, I think overall it's pretty safe to say that we think this is a pretty another home run for the MCU, correct? Yeah, and I think there's a reason for that too. I think that you know we talked about yesterday that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One was put out there. I don't think the studio necessarily knew how successful it was going to be. It kind of was the sleeper hit that all of a sudden just took off. So I think they had a bigger budget for volume two. I think they knew they could do bigger things. And I think because of that, we get a much richer plot line. I think we get more developed characters, uh, more humor. And so, yeah, I do. I think this is, I mean, I've been very excited to talk about it and I do truly believe that it is better than its predecessor. All right, so favorite parts. What was your favorite part slash parts characters of this movie? <laughs> well, okay, first of all, let's talk character. Um, Yandu steals the show, in my opinion. I think that to have the arc that he has from number one, where he's you know, he's an antagonist. I don't want to call him a villain because he really wasn't a villain, but he was an antagonist. He he kind of, you know, he was Quill's ad- adoptive father. To watch his arc from the moment that he's he's slighted 
by Sylvester Stallone's character, whose actual name is escaping me, right? And, and you know, he's told that, you know, you're never going to hear the horns, you're never going to see the lights of, as a, of a Ravager when you die. You've been, you know, dis, you know, you've been kind of removed from the Ravagers, you're not part of us anymore. To watch his arc, then to watch him go do the right thing, to go save Quill off of, you know, the ego, off of the planet, you know, to the, the line with, you know, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. I mean, that got so much play <laughs> when That's the movie came line. out. It really was. And apparently it was completely improvised, too. So. <laughs> what? You look like Mary Poppins. Is he cool? Hell yeah, he's cool. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Uh, from what I heard, you know, all of that um, to then, you know, at the end, when they actually get to do the lights for his death. I think that to me, watching his arc and watching him develop as a character and really kind of be shown as the father figure of, of, of Quill. I just, I think that that was my, my favorite part of it. How about you? Okay. So I think this is because I have kids, but it is all of the interactions with baby Groot. And okay, it's because I, I connect emotionally to this. Uh, so first of all, the opening credits of this, where it's Baby Groot dancing, is is just wonderful, just delightful. But right. when when it, it's Gamora saying, "Groot, get out of the way! You're gonna get hurt," and he's just waving hi, and and, and that is exactly what having a child is, where you're just like, "Hi, yes, okay, get out of the way. This is this knife is sharp. Hi," um, and all of the. The scene where Groot is bringing, trying to find uh, Yandu's fin, and they're trying to describe this to him, yep. and he keeps bringing back all this other stuff. It's like th- this is exactly what having a child is. It's like no, that, <laughs> and, and I, it just it, as a parent, it just connects with me. And that was not something that I had the first time I watched this. I was not a, I was not a dad when this came out, mm. and so um, you know, Baby Groot was this cute character but when i watched it again i was like oh man this this is exactly what what uh being a parent is like and the guardians are experiencing this yeah you know and and again i I agree with you i wasn't as keen on the opening sequence with the dance i actually personally i remember seeing that in the theaters and then i remember seeing it when i watched it last night I was a little kind of annoyed by that. I felt it went on a little too long, but I, I know they were going for the whole, we got this in 3d effect kind of thing going on. So that's kind yeah. of what was going on with it. You know, that's what happens with 3d movies, but I'm with you. The rest of the interactions with baby Groot, and you almost forget that baby Groot was even a character because you get teenage Groot in infinity war and Endgame, And so you forget baby Groot, even though baby Groot is the cutest of the three versions of Groot, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I also liked, as a bonus part, the credits. Um, at the very end, you get to see a brief glimpse of Jeff Goldblum's character from uh, Thor Ragnarok. Getting down and dirty with a Procyon loader. Got no people skills, but he's good with motors. That weird thing by his side, an infantilized sequoia. The two of them walk by, people say, oh boy. They ask me why I'm bringing a baby into battle that's really irresponsible and getting them rattled. I said, give me a break. Get off of my back, damn it. I didn't learn parenting. My daddy was a planet. Yeah. And it, keen observers who don't say through the credits, like, what are you thinking? First of all, mine is Marvel. But keen observers, <laughs> unless you say, hey, you're not going to really know. And you don't, if at that point, you don't even know who he is because this comes out 
before Thor Ragnarok does. And, and I don't even know if the trailer had come out yet for, 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 for Thor Ragnarok by the time this movie came out. And so you see this random character, whose, again, name is escaping me, uh, but it's Jeff Goldblum's character, and he's dancing to the music, uh, to the soothing sounds of David Hasselhoff, which we can get to in a minute. But That would uh, be a Grandmaster. Grandmaster, thank you, the Grandmaster Jam, that's right. So, you know, I just, I thought, this, this was one of those movies that I feel like, if you've ever made chocolate chip cookies before, I'm going to use an analogy here for a second. If you ever made chocolate chip cookies before and they tell you that you got to keep them in the oven 10 to 12 minutes, right? If you pull them out right at the 10 minute mark, they're going to be a little soggy and maybe undercooked. If you keep them the full 12 minutes, they might be a little overbaked and just a little, little too much, but you get them in there about 11, 11 and a half minutes and you pull them out and let them finish cooking on the rack. Don't remove them too quickly. They're just right. This is one of those movies that James Gunn, left in the oven the perfect amount of time there were so many good big parts there were so many details i mean this was this is one of the marvel movies where i think there's three end credit scenes maybe even four technically depending on how you count them yeah yeah that that's awesome like there was so much and even the credits themselves were something fun to watch the random i am groots that would come up here and there with the credits (laughs) Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's just that I feel like James Gunn he fell into himself and he realized how good of a director he is, and this is the result we got. And I understand the fan outrage that that kind of came out of the fact that he may not be directing number three, and then Disney changed course and said, "Okay, no, 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 no we're going to let him direct three. Like, duh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at yeah. look at two, you know. I have to say, I I know we want to get move on into our maybe not so favorite parts, but my other favorite part is uh, when Rocket is explaining to Groot how to set off the bomb. Don't push this button because that will set off the bomb immediately and we'll all be dead. Now, repeat back what I just said. I'm Groot. Uh huh. I'm Groot. That's right. I'm Groot. No! No, that's the button that will kill everyone. Try again. Hmm. I'm Groot. Mm-hmm. I am Groot. Uh-huh. I'm Groot. No! That's exactly what you just said! How is that even possible? Which button is the button you're supposed to push? Point to it. Yes. And, and then he's asking for... He's, he's like, all right, Quill, ask for tape. And he's asking everyone for tape. And my favorite one is with Drax, where it's... Yeah, scotch tape would work. Well, then why'd you ask if scotch tape would work? <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I agree. With you. And again, it goes back to Groot. You said your favorite parts for Groot. And again, another one for me, Taser Face. Oh my God. I love Taser Face. That whole scene was awesome. And, and again, I, I don't, I know you were talking about maybe moving out of the not so favorite parts. Matt, I'm going to be very honest with you. I don't have any. I don't, I don't, I don't have a not so favorite part. Even the parts that seemed a little over the top, I think were there and they played well. Like the part where Quill gets angry because Ego, you know, put the tumor in his mother's, you know, a uh, body like that helps us out later on to understand his anger problem when he goes after Thanos. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, the sad parts, the parts where, you know, Yandu loses his, his gangs and, and a bunch of the people who were loyal to him get shoved out to space. That, I mean, they had to kick him while he was down in order for us to kind of for him to be redeemed later on. I again, I I mean, I don't know about you, and maybe you do have some b- bad parts, but I 
I really don't. I, I and, and that's very rare for me. You know that. I'm I'm usually <laughs> yeah. have a couple things. I don't have any of this one. I I, yeah. I this for me is you know at the moment uh, Captain America um, Winter Soldier was my number one. This for me probably ranks in my top four. Okay, and and uh, to be honest with you, I, I'm think I'm right there with you where this is in my top four. This is just the thing with both guardians is they're just fun movies. Yeah. I mean, Captain America, winter soldier, don't get me wrong. I have fun, but I wouldn't necessarily characterize that movie as fun. It's more mm. of this, you know, intense thriller. That's really interesting. These yeah. movies are just a good time. And, yeah. and I think for someone who I always look at it through the lens of, okay, if I'm trying to show this movie to someone who's not an MCU person, they don't, they're not a huge Marvel comics person, whatever. Are they going to enjoy this movie? And the answer is yes. If if you, if you have someone who hates the MCU or doesn't like the MCU or whatever, it just isn't into it. Show them these movies and whether they get into the rest of the 21 films or not, they're going to have a good time with these films. It's also fun to watch these two back to back because they literally do take place back to back. I mean, there's very, very little time passes between number one and number two. You know, you leave number one wondering who the heck is, uh, you know, Quill's father and you go into exploring who that is in number two. You know, and then, you know, we talked, you know, you've got your Marvel villains theory out there. Well, it's really your Disney villains theory, but you got a different Marvel one, too. You got your Marvel villains theory out there that, you know, Marvel suffers from from not having a really good list of villains. I think this is one of those times where, you know, even though he's only in this one movie, I think it does a pretty good job starting to prep us for how big of a baddie Thanos is going to end up being. If Quill's father was a planet, was a celestial, celestial, right? And he was able to take down the celestial you know, it goes to show you how powerful Quill could be in possibly taking down Thanos. And then it goes to show you how powerful Thanos is that he's not able to successfully able to do it. I think Ego is a really good villain. He's one of those ones that you want to like him. And then you suddenly go, oh, my God, I had the worst judge of character ever. Like you, you can almost feel like <laughs> something, you know, something's wrong when things are just too perfect on the planet. But you want to like it anyway. You want to feel good for Quill, but something just feels wrong. Well, and that's Kurt Russell too. Kurt Russell is just kind of this likable guy. Uh-huh. And and so that's some of it. I, I'm not quite as high on um, ego as you are, but I, I but I'm not going I'm not going as far as I, I, I let's be real I'm not high on him. I do think he's a good villain though. Yeah, I, I so I guess we're we're about the same. Like he's he's good, but I guess in terms of Marvel, it's like the bar is low for some bad villains. <laughs> and, and, and I think that's, that's my, that's my thing is I'm, I'm, we have such these polar opposites. We have these bad, bad villains. And then we have these amazing villains. We're just like, Oh man, you rocked this role. And so this good just doesn't feel as good because it's so far away from the great, but it's definitely not. There are some movies where the bad villain is distracting to the rest of the movie. We're going to get to a couple of those um, um, down the road here. I don't want to spoil which one it is, but it's coming. You'll hear it. But it de- this one, it definitely doesn't detract from it. 
And so, and the rest of the movie is so strong. I mean, all five guardians, you could argue could be someone's favorite character. There's not one of them that feels like, you know what, this one's just kind of there. It's fine. But if, if you were to come on, on the show and be like, Gamora's my favorite or Quill's my favorite, Drax, Rocket, Groot, you, I, I would be like, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. And I think it's also important to point out too, that, okay, we're halfway through but this is the last movie that we see Nebula in until Infinity War. So, you know, Nebula goes off to kill her father, right? And Infinity War happens and Nebula happens to be in Infinity War where, you know, I caught her trying to sneak into my whatever to kill me and now she's strung up. I mean, that's that's a whole half a universe away now. Uh-huh. Like, it, this, isn't that kind of interesting when you think about that? that? I- yeah, and, and and this is where I love watching these all in such close proximity because you forget about these things. And this and and this is one of the things that that I'll talk about more in a future film, but these movies we had to wait yeah. a year, 6 months, however long to see the next installment. Whereas now we can watch them all back bam Bam, 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 bam. So like when 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 we're showing these to our kids or the next generation, they're not going to get the weight that we had of there was a cliffhanger and we don't we don't know. You know, we, we hear in this movie, she's going off to kill Thanos and we're like, OK, what was she successful? Uh, what what happened to her? And we yeah. have to wait until Infinity War to, to find the answer. <laughs> That's the other thing about watching them in the order that we're watching them, too, is that, I mean, this came out in 2017. Infinity War then debuted 2018. It was only a year later, right? So so when, when that happens, <laughs> you know, it, it, we, we kind of know what's – we, we kind of can place it. But in, in the universe that we're living through right now, we've got a lot of major stuff coming up in the MCU that is going to distract us away from – from the Thanos story at this point, totally different. I mean, next up, I think is is Civil War, and no, we got we got we got, we got Age of Ultron in there. Right, Age of Ultron. Yeah, what am I thinking? Civil War. Goodness gracious, you're right. Age of Ultron. I think we got Ant Man coming up at some point, and then I think it's Civil War. So we're we're kind of getting there. But Civil War, they you know, is oftentimes referred to as like Avengers, you know, two point five. Because right? it pretty you know, much is. Yeah, it's like Avengers two point five because it's it's got so many characters, but that's a huge turning point in the MCU, but we got a lot of fun stuff. And I think this is one of the brilliant things that Feige does, you know, which is it's not all, you know, dramatic, you know, opera, you know, salacious, you know, Oh my God, the world is going to die kind of all at the same time. You know, there's humor and and guardians inserted that humor throughout this process. Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the Wasp inserted the humor throughout that process. They, they, and even I would argue Thor Ragnarok, did that too so when you look at that you know that's five movies inserted over the course of 23 movies kind of at strategic points it helped and in spider-man i would even say kind of did that it helped lighten the load a little bit of this these dramatic moments and in guardians again it's just one of those like you said you can watch the two of them together and know nothing else about the mcu and be satisfied with what you got yeah, they're just, I, I know I've said this about a thousand times now, but they're just so much fun. And from a merchandising perspective, Baby Groot was the thing <laughs> that everybody wanted. Yeah. yeah um, and, and still, to be honest with you, I would say that people are are still 
wanting of all the characters, they want baby group things. And, and and I think it says something about how much people love Guardians where they replace the Tower of Terror, one of the most beloved attractions amongst Disney Parks people from, to my knowledge, and replaced it in Disneyland with his Guardians of the Galaxy skin. And people love it. They think it's so much fun. I can't wait to experience it in Disneyland. I think, I mean, I'm so excited about the possibility of what, I mean, I've heard nothing but great things that you can write it 10 times in a row and get a completely different experience each time. Right. And, and yeah. that's what Tower of Terror was, but they turned it from this thriller to this comedy, which I've heard nothing but great things about. So yeah. Well, yeah. Any other thoughts before we wrap up the show? I don't think so. I mean, it, 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 this is a great movie. It's a great movie. I mean, and, and and there's only so many ways we can say this movie is awesome. I mean, we can go through scene by scene and be like, oh, I love this scene because of this. And this scene's great because of this. Uh, it, 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 it's all around really fun movie, really great movie. And a, another great soundtrack as well that you can download that soundtrack and just be taken back. I will say the one cringeworthy moment I did have, and I think it was put there purposely, is when he's given a Zune. And this is what people of Earth are listening to nowadays. (laughs) No, it is not. And if I'm not mistaken, and I could be completely off base, I'd have to look this up. I swear that they might have tried to approach Apple to, to put an iPod in there. Um, and Apple might have said no or something. I, I don't know because it, it, it throws me so off that they would, especially with Disney's partnership with Apple, it just throws me off that they wanted to have done an iPhone or an iPad or, or an iPod or something in there as opposed to a Zoom. Like, who uses a Zoom? Well, I like, think come that's on. The joke. The, the, and the, the joke top. is remember when Microsoft tried to do this and it failed? <laughs> Maybe you're right. Maybe it's just the irony of it. You're right. So I had one friend. I actually witnessed a Zune in action. I had one friend in, I think I was in high school at the time it came out, and oh. she had one. And I was like, okay, cool. And then that was the last I ever heard of a Zune. I worked at Target when Zunes came out. And this was, iPods had already been out at this point. This was the old iPod, by the way, the one with the circle on it. And, and, um, and the Zune came out to be like the iPod killer. And it was like, yeah, no, that's not happening. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> anyway, Casey we're, Casey, we're getting old. The fact that yeah. <laughs> we're talking yes, about we iPods. <laughs> All right, folks, if you need to get a hold of us, you can reach us on the Beers and Ears podcast Facebook group, or you can email us at Beers and Ears nineteen twenty eight at gmail.com. We've also got an Instagram and Twitter at Beers and Ears nineteen twenty eight. Tweeted us. Let us know what you think. Um, folks, we truly appreciate you being on this journey. Tomorrow we have got, you said, Ultron, right? Age of Ultron? Yeah, I believe we're to Avengers Avengers 2, Age of Ultron. Goodness gracious. We are more than halfway over. We are headed towards Black Widow, which we are totally stoked for. So hope you join us tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. Have a good night. Bye, everyone. See you tomorrow.